This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. People. 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 Booty people. It's the Mess It Up Podcast, and you can hear that we got guests. We got Soft Giggle Faith, Paxton Pantry. Hey! And uh, Loud Giggle Dan yo, yo. is back with us. Um, and uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of uh, fun things. This is a first. This is a, a, a first time ever on the podcast. Uh, it's show number, what is it, 281, and we have never recorded in Texas. We are recording right now from beautiful Albany, Albany Texas. Uh, it's... Um, I was telling, uh, when we were driving out here, I was saying that you could use Texas as a straight edge because you look around and the only thing that comes out of the horizon is man-made. It's some flat land out here. Although you guys are in a little tiny bit of some hills, uh, I picture it the same way I picture Kenya. It looks like an African savanna. We got like 20-foot mm. uh, mesquite trees mm -hmm. and scrub brush and uh, sort of dry grassland. Uh, so it kind of looks like the, the savanna to me. I could see elephants and giraffes digging it here yeah. um, I cactus. don't necessarily a lot of cactus don't necessarily see people digging it outside as much as the giraffes and elephants but the right time of the year it can be nice I think so anyhow we're here in Texas so welcome to Texas like I said this is uh, our 281st show we're cracking in on 300 shows so soon here it's hard to believe well I guess it's only it's 20 weeks yeah. which seems close but that's half a year uh, that's still, that goes fast. It, it, it feels like it. It feels like it. It's, I didn't think I'd ever get to 200, much less 281. So uh, welcome to the show, guys. And, Thank you. and Thank thanks you. for doing this. We'll have them on again later uh, after we um, give them a chance to settle in. But we just kind of wanted to, to chat about some things with moving and whatnot because last time we talked, we were in Portland. So this is Texas. Um, <clears throat> and we'll get into some of that stuff. Uh, right now, I do want to tell you that there are great ways to support the show. The thing that you can do that is the absolute easiest, just pray for our show. Pray for people to listen, pray for uh, direction, and that we follow God's guidance and whatnot. We always love to have you pray for our show. Other easy way to um, support the show is just tell people to, to listen. You know, the more people who listen to it, the better it is for us, and the more uh, we can get the work done. So, so just pray and tell people to listen. That'd be great. If you feel extra froggy, you can text the word MUM to uh, our text to give number. That's 760-WALLS-CA. And that will take you to our text to give if you are so inclined. If you're not, that's cool too. There's, there's no pressure. It's always free, always here for you to do stuff. Uh, if, you're, if you're not a speller, 760-WALLS-CA uh, is 760-925-5722. So uh, that's really good. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, not not to shake me, uh, that's different. Uh, but uh, we've got people like uh, uh, listeners who have sent in words. I I've got words, folks, until the middle of October. So wow. that's awesome. Yeah, pretty nice because listeners are sending me words. And the way they did it was they texted me seven six zero six zero eight nineteen forty two. You can text me words. I need songs though. Let's see. I've got today's song. I've got next week's songs. Then I'm out out of songs I need suggestions for the song of the week so do that or you can email them to bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com whatever feels good to you is, is good for us so anyhow 
Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. And thank you, Paxton's, for being on in person together. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Yeah. I kind of like it. Uh, so we wanted to do what I'm calling uh, goodbyes and hellos uh, today. You, we, you said goodbye to Portland. You're saying hello to Texas. And to be fair, uh, today as we're recording is Saturday. And we got here on Thursday, Dan? Wednesday? Thursday night. Thursday night. So we really haven't had a lot of chance to settle in and get to know the area and whatnot. So the hellos are not here yet, but we're going to ease into that part. Let's look at the goodbyes um, on on this. How long were you guys in the Portland area? 12 years. A little over 12 years. And when you got there, you, where you spent the most of your time was in Oregon City, Milwaukee. That's right. But you were in Portland proper at the beginning. Right. Whereabouts was that? It was a, the Hawthorne district. It's downtown, really hipster kind of a neighborhood. Uh-huh. And, well, uh, of course, we knew that, Dan. Yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. And I tried to, to grow the beard and wear the hipster hat and the glasses. It didn't really work for me. No, um, not so much the skinny jeans and the, no. the, the weird mustache? All of my jeans are skinny. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference between skinny and tight. <laughs> tight pants. Yeah. Um, I got my tight pants on. Yes. Yeah. Check out Jimmy Fallon. Um, <clears throat> so... Um, you were up there, you moved up there to take a, a church, you guys moved out to the suburbs, spent time there, raised your kids there. Yes. Um, all of your kids, except for Dylan, did high school yeah. in Portland. Yeah. Uh, Dylan probably doesn't really remember not living in Oregon, does no, he? No, he was still... One just, and a half. Yeah, he was just almost two when we moved to Portland. So, what were your thoughts on... The goodbyes when you start looking like okay i mean it was it, you you were trying to find work that the church was in the process of of closing and so you were looking for something mm-hmm. and uh this came up here in texas so obviously there's some some happiness with when you're on any kind of job search of finding something that's a good fit and it seems like this is a great fit which yeah we'll talk about on another show but but what were your thoughts as you know okay this is real now. They've they've offered us a job. We've said yes. <laughs> We've we got moving trucks that we're going to rent and packing stuff up. What what is that goodbye like for you guys? Well, we <clears throat> we mentally started packing up about two years ago, um, right after I had my liver transplant. Mm. We um, we began looking for jobs. We had a, a job prospect in like. Um, College Station, Texas, and then a job uh, opportunity in Virginia. And we got so far into the process, we got excited about going, and the door just slammed in our face. Mm. And so um, we were discouraged. And uh, and and the doors were not. <clears throat> I mean, I, I remember. I think it was the the Virginia opportunity, where it's like you, you found out on Facebook, hey, we're welcoming a new pastor, and it wasn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, classy. Stay the, classy, Virginia. Yeah. yeah. The, church, <laughs> church, uh, the process for churches to hire a pastor is very long and intense, and you have so many people that want an opinion. They're still working intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, wow. So they have so many questions, and, and, and if you don't check all the boxes, then they'll put you on the list to consider if the guy, if the, the right. beautiful guy doesn't come in the door. Yeah, yeah, the backup plan. And um, so I think we were, 
uh, we were the backup plan, and but they didn't ever tell us who were the backup plan right. until it was after we'd already been excited about it. Well, I know you know at our church we went through a uh, a pastor search, and when a pastor leaves a church, it, it's it's not like a teenager getting a job like I think I'll work at McDonald's. Oh, I don't really like this. I'm going to go get a job at the movie theater. Right. This is a, a commitment for the church body because the church body, by and large, stays there. You know, they're there before the pastor gets there, and they're there after the pastor gets there. A lot of them. I right. mean, and a, and a pastor can bring in new people, or you know, people can leave during a pastorate. But but that church body will remain longer than the person who is at the helm, and so it's a big decision for them. And I think, like anything in life, I know when we went through our pastor search a lot of the questions that came up from the congregation were fixes Mm -hmm. didn't like this about the last guy let's fix this and the search before that well make sure you're not ticking the same boxes we got new boxes Mm -hmm. to tick Uh, i remember moving into apartments when i was in college and it's like okay this apartment didn't happen so the next time i move into an apartment Got to make sure, this is how old I am, people. Got to make sure it's cable ready. <laughs> Went into a, an apartment, was not cable ready. We couldn't have cable TV. So, you know, it's just that that thing. So churches will do that. They'll be specific on The you. church that hired us in Portland was, uh, they said they were on their last pastor search ever because they had been burned so many times that if this doesn't work out, nothing will. And so we, um, so we took the job knowing that things had to change if we got there. And so we did as much as we could uh, to change the attitude and the direction of the church. Uh, we brought things up to a modern, you know, modern level and we tried to do you know, modern things. And um, you know, they, there was a heart that wanted to keep doing traditional Sunday school and traditional yeah. hymns and traditional... They wanted a choir. I said, you know, we have 15 people. If we had a choir, we wouldn't have a congregation. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and so the church attitude never really changed. And so uh, they said they were willing to, but what ended up happening was Faith and I, and our family, our kids, and I really believe that part of the burned out our kids is, is every time there was something, a neighborhood function, it was our family and maybe one or two people from our church that would go, and they were only... Um, part-timers if yeah that makes sense they would they would come and be there for the setup but not the teardown yes and we had to be there for everything yes yes and it's it's amazing how many people don't stick around they're like hey thanks all right i, I helped and, and they don't take into account look we got to tear all this down we got to pack all this up we got to take this home and then when we get it home we got to unpack it and put it where it belongs I mean, there's there's so much more to if you go to an event thank the people working at the event and especially the people who are cleaning up because they're putting in those long hard hours yeah you know so we tried it in portland we went to the new rural location you know oregon city and um we seemed to take off but when new people came they didn't dive right in and get to work Mm -hmm. um and so it was it was it was difficult about three years ago before when I started to get sick we were talking about we were talking about leaving actually four years ago we were talking about leaving but for some reason well my kids needed to finish high school yeah and so that's that always was, tough that was our thing we didn't want to move them until they got out of high school so I was getting ready to and then the senior year of my daughter the last person to graduate from high school um, I got sick really sick 
And so I couldn't pursue a job at that point anyway. Well, and you were riding through COVID before that. Right. Not a lot of job movement during COVID. Right. So, so the church, um, we, so a year ago after I got better, um, I would say probably it was January, we had a, we had a meeting and, and decided that uh, we, we let them know that we would not be able to stay at this church because it was, it was just too small to afford a full-time pastor. Yeah, and we needed to get back to work, but it wasn't a month later we found out Faith had cancer. Well, and it's it's hard to do all that stuff when, like you said, your kids have graduated, mm-hmm. so now you don't have a built-in staff, right? And you've got liver transplant and all the issues, and then Faith has the cancer. That's not like if you're picking people to run something. A small church, which requires you know the pastor is, and and his family, it's it's the the mm-hmm. office manager, it's the yeah. custodial, it's everything. Mm-hmm. That's not the recipe you're looking for in that person. Is someone like, well, we've got a candidate here who doesn't have any teenagers anymore, and then they also got a liver transplant and cancer patient. You know, well, come you know, on over. So what it switched to was a really small family church, mm-hmm. and we were parenting these old people. You know what I mean. And I didn't realize at the time, but maybe that's what God was getting us ready to do. Because I would preach this, you know, same style of message, and I was still, I think, pretty effective messages. But it was such a small congregation; I was more like their spiritual dad. Mm-hmm. And so um, they would ask me questions, I would give them answers, and they would do what they want. That's what children <laughs> do. Um, but we did have we did have people in the church that were willing to work. But there was nothing we could do. I mean, it was just the yeah. four of us. It would be four yeah. mobile people, and one of them worked sixty hours a week. So we knew that Faith and I could not just grow that church back to the way it was without yeah. somebody coming in. And so we made the 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 uh, decision that we would start looking for another church. Well, that's when we started the back and forth with these other two churches. Yeah, there's actually three churches. Three churches. Yeah, and, and that's that's discouraging. Absolutely discouraged. For sure. And, uh, and you know, so <clears throat> I was uh, doing my weekly check on the, on the website for, you know, pastoral positions that are open. We really wanted to get out of um, Portland with the, the atmosphere there. It's not good for my kids. It's not good for, you know. Uh, so we decided we would, we would move somewhere off the West Coast. So we were willing to go to Arizona, Texas, Virginia, North Carolina, anywhere down uh, down here. So um, so I kept going to the same Baptist classified and this one ad for this house came up for mm-hmm. house parenting. And um, so I just called called Mike one day and I said, hey Mike, tell me a little bit about this house parent position. And he basically described us <laughs> to, as, to us. He yeah. said, this is what we want. We don't want somebody to take care of the maintenance. We don't want somebody to, to do all the work. We want somebody just to love people. Mm. And that's what we do. Yeah, that's easy. And, uh, you know, and uh, so within a week, we were applied, interviewed, and started getting our fingerprints. Wow. And um, the door opened up. You know, we saw the ad a couple different times. And then the third time I finally, I finally called him. Uh, but it was amazing how we fit into what they're doing. Yeah. And, uh, and saying goodbye in Oregon City was tough. Because, right. you know, it's like, like I said, we were parenting older folks. And so when we left, our hearts were, 
hearts were broken. Well, and you guys did a lot for them mm-hmm. that, you know, when you're carrying people who help people out, mm-hmm. when you're not able to do it, there's a, a toll there mm-hmm. emotionally because you want to be able to help them. And now there's that person's not there. And I believe God will provide. I mean, you weren't the only people who could do stuff for those people, but you were the people who did stuff for those people. Right. And so now they don't have that person who's like, I need a ride to the store. I need, you know, they've got to find all that as well mm-hmm. uh, to do. So that, that makes it difficult. And after being in one place for so long, it winds up that you guys are now being uh, our word of the week, which I forgot to enter. But I love it when this happens, when the word of the week is like, perfect. These words came into me a few weeks ago. I didn't know I was going to be doing this podcast on this week or whatever. So it just fell in place. And I looked at the word of the week. The word of the week is transitory, which means not permanent. And so you've been transitory this last week here, Dan, in faith, moving around, moving halfway across the country, basically. Um, Dan and I put in on the truck uh, about 2,000 miles in three days and uh, saw a lot of the country. It was pretty fun. I got to ride with uh, their two younger boys. I didn't get to ride with, with the older boy, but the two younger boys rode with me at times. And it was a lot of fun. So uh, if you can use transitory in your sentences this week, folks, give yourselves those 10 points and uh, you know, let people know that you got big words from the mm-hmm. Mess It Up podcast. And maybe they'll want to listen and find out how they can get big words too. This is a transitory podcast, by the way. It is a transitory podcast. We are mobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. I got the mobile rig. Uh, I was I was looking at packing my bags to come out, and uh, I was like, okay, I just need to have some clothes. They'll have a laundry there, so I can wash my clothes. So I don't have to bring everything for that. But I'm gonna be in the truck. Uh, don't want to get the stank going in the truck, so I should be able to change in the truck. And uh, but I gotta bring my computer and my microphones because I don't want to pass up an opportunity to record with you guys in person and not have to mess with the technical issues. Which, by the way, the internet out here oh, not good. is gonna, not bueno. I'm gonna work on that. <laughs> so, oh. so doing doing uh, the podcast mobily with you guys might be a, a tricky situation now. Uh, but um, you know, I brought the mobile rig. So I could be transitory as well. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, what I want to do here right now is I want to jump into our song of the week so that we can uh, get a little bit of a break, uh, give you guys a little bit of a break, and uh, switch it up. We're going to do a song that is uh, fairly new to me. I'm not really all that familiar with this artist, but uh, I, I shazammed it, and so this came up. The song is called Provider, and the artist is Cade Thompson. So here's Cade Thompson. About 90 seconds of the song Provider. The answer is clear to me. Cause what you give me, Lord, is more than I desire. You're my provider. When I lose my way, you lead me through the fire. You're my provider. Even on my darkest day, you show me where the light is. You're my provider. And when my strength is gone. always been enough why am i clutching and grabbing at all the things that i don't have when you've given me everything why am i stuck in my feelings thinking i know what i deserve when the answer is clear to me because what you give me lord is more than i 
All right, Faith, stop dancing. Okay. <laughs> it's time fun. to start talking. It was a yes. fun song. This is a Faith song. If you don't know a Faith Paxton song, what that means, a Faith Paxton song is a song that's got some, some like, it's got a beat and you can dance to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, as soon yeah. as she it hit the chorus, I was like, oh, I like this song. So tell me, tell me your uh, thoughts, your Faith. So the biggest part is he says, you are my provider. Here's why I really love that song. At the beginning... Actually, towards the middle of the year, you know, some people get, some people do a verse of the year, mm-hmm. you know, and I've always like wanted to be one of those people, but I didn't want to force a verse of the year, so I've never really like, nothing just ever spoke to me until about October of last year. Mm-hmm. So prior to knowing I had cancer and all that, and I came across this verse in Genesis 22 where Abraham was getting ready to sacrifice his one and only son. Well, Mm. not his one and only son. He had a second son. But he was long gone at that point. So his son Isaac, his beloved son Isaac, he was getting ready to sacrifice because God told him to. And he did it without question. He goes up and he goes to sacrifice him. And then God God provides a ram in the thicket so that he doesn't have to sacrifice his son. And the verse on Genesis 22, 14, it says, so Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. Mm. And like in October, that just like, it was almost like the Holy Spirit was just saying to me, this is your verse for the next year. Trust me, I will provide. I'm your provider. And so it's immediately those like words just like resonated in my heart. And, and between moving, trying to find a job, getting cancer and having to go through treatments and having to reestablish care. Like that was the reminder I constantly needed to be reminded of that God will provide. God will provide a house for me. God will provide the doctors I need. God will provide friends and family wherever I'm going to. Yeah. And and what what was uh, bouncing off of your ears, Dan? So um, in the middle of, of the song, it says, um, when I lose my way, you lead me through the fire, and you're my provider. Even on my darkest day, you show me where light is. And when my strength is gone, I know where to find it. And I think, uh, if one thing I can say about what we've been through the last three years, there have been dark days, mm-hmm. and we felt like we didn't, we didn't get what we deserved. Yeah. We deserved, we deserved better than cancer. We deserved better than liver failure. We deserve better than um, our kids walking away from the Lord for the, a little bit. And uh, we're still praying for God to return them to us. And for some reason, um, at times, the weight of all that fell on my shoulders. I felt like I wasn't providing. Mm. I was causing the darkness. Uh, what did I do to deserve this? And I realized that God never left our side. Yeah. He never stepped away. Um, we just needed to, to experience that for whatever reason. Right. We still haven't figured it out. I mean, we still haven't figured out why. Might not. You go through those yeah. things. Except maybe to hold us there. Because we would have left, left four years ago. Mm-hmm. Until this is what's opened up. Yeah. Um, and, and first of all, um, I always let the guests go first, and so I had something highlighted, and then Faith said it, and then <laughs> I had something highlighted, and then Dan said it. So I get to go last and get the leftovers. So ditto, ditto. But also, you know, it says here, uh, what you've given has always 
been enough. And satisfaction is a big part of my healing and recovery and my walk is trying to learn to be satisfied. I always said that I wanted my stuff back when I got out of jail and I'm so glad I didn't get it. He gave me better Mm -hmm. than I thought I wanted. I don't know enough to know what I want. I know like a little kid, like I want all the cake. You can't have all the cake. Let's, let's go to Cheesecake Factory. Give me all the bread. Yes. And we know what happens. We know what happens. (laughs) The bread comes back. Um, And it's, that's the way I am. And God's like, you know, no, you don't need that. I've got better for you. Uh, I did look up uh, because I love the word provider. I think that's such a great word. And I was scrolling through various definitions. Apparently uh, a provider, I know this is weird. This is definitions from Oxford languages. A provider is a person or thing that provides something like, thanks Oxford. Uh, So I scrolled down a little bit longer or farther. It says a provider is a person who gives someone something they need. And I love that giving what we need, not just what we want, but what we need that provider is, is offering that to us. And that is definitely my experience with God is that he provides so much more than I could ever hope for, want, or even understand. Um, he is a great provider. Hello. <laughs> Always fun when we get a phone call. A great song, mm-hmm. very danceable. Yes. Uh, very just um, hard to not feel good when the chorus kicks in. Yeah. It. It's just peppy, and I, I like that. So uh, before the break, we were talking about goodbyes and saying the goodbyes. I am not a fan of goodbye. I don't like saying goodbye. I don't like things to be over. I cling to relationship. I remember when you guys left Ridgecrest and I was driving down China Lake Boulevard and I gave Dan a call and I got tears come down my face. I was like, yeah, I, I realized that I don't want you to move. Aww. Is it too late? And <laughs> apparently it was too late, too late. and y'all yeah. left. And um, how'd that work out for you in your face? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so I don't like the goodbyes. Yeah. But I do love hello. Yeah, I do love getting to know people and getting to to build those new relationships and just understanding people and and I think it helps me understand myself a little better when I get to know someone because first of all I tell some of my stories that I might not have told in a while but I also can see how I interact and like what did I do differently with these people how did I present myself and I'm always trying to work on myself especially with my codependency trying not to need people too much so a hello is a good way for me to do that. And, and there's two me's in a hello. There's the shy me where I'm just like, okay, hi, whatever. And then there's the me where I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for it here and just, you know, get to know some people. And I never know which one of those will come out. I really don't. And it has a lot to do with my comfort factor, but uh, sometimes I'm comfortable. Sometimes I, I, I haven't been able to define that. But how are, how are hellos for you guys? I mean, you're pastors, so you're always saying hello to new people. Yeah. There's definitely something exciting um, about a new and like, like you said, getting to know people and um, the, the possibilities. So like, you know, here's that with moving, I feel like there's so many um, emotions that happen all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like there's a great sadness um, because of the goodbyes. 
and there's just a lot of um, thinking about lots of <laughs> hello. <laughs> there's just lots of like thinking about all the things that you did and the relationship that you built, and you have that on top of. I'm so excited about where I'm going mm-hmm. and all the mm-hmm. new things yeah. and the the new you know for me the new restaurants and the new food and the and new by the way we've been to all of them now the, yeah <laughs> yeah it's every a, new restaurant in in uh, it's small Al- Albany Albany in Albany uh, we've we've been to I think all the restaurants now no there's one that we haven't been to uh, there's the two home cooking or whatever and the ice house yeah the ice house we didn't go to yeah. the ice house yet yeah so. Something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. But you, so there's, so there's lots of anticipation. There's lots of excitement when you go someplace new and you're looking to say hello to new people. And like, I'm looking forward to um, going to church and having a different role in a church. And wow, first time you've been a a, a congregant. It's the very first time we get to pick a church. Yeah. I mean, that's really not when you're. In the ministry, you don't really get to pick. If you work at a church and you go to a different church, you don't work at the church for long. <laughs> That's my guess. You know, it's, it's frowned on. Yeah, I, it's, it doesn't work out well. Yeah. For anybody. Especially if you're the pastor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I really like the, the music at this church, but the preaching's not much, so I go down the street to the... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a bad look. I'm not not going to do well. Uh, so what is your thought on hellos, Dan? I... Let me liken it to this. Oh, I don't like it. I don't. Uh, uh, I don't want to put you in a bad spot, but you know, in the sally port, you go in. Right. The door closes behind you. Yeah. And then the door opens. Yeah. The door was closing for us a couple of years ago, uh-huh. and we were we were not sure what was on the other side of that door, and so once we once we stepped through that door, we recognized first of all, no matter where you go, there's always there's always a believer nearby. That you can connect with. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody you can pray with that you connect with. And because you have the same God, you worship the same God. It doesn't matter if you go to a different church or not. It, it, it matters that you serve the same God. And so um, one of the, uh, you get into this church family. You have church family everywhere you go. With Texas, Virginia, New York, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll get in there. But you have to be active looking for family. What I don't like about goodbyes is uh, the person who will throw a hand grenade on the bridge and blow it up. So once you cross it, you yeah. can't ever go back and say hello again. We've been saying hello again to you and Bev and friends from, from Ridgecrest for 25 years now. And uh, we haven't missed a beat with that. We stay in contact and electro- uh, electronics makes it easier, you know, yes. of course. Um, electronics but, is about to let you down. Yeah, I know. We're, we're about to experience a little yeah. down in electronics. It's like, it's um, literally, it's, it's almost like dial-up out here, people. It is. It is bad, uh, but we just went back twenty years. The uh, when we came in, the smiles on all the faces—they were happy to see us, you know. Uh, and so it makes us happy to be here. You know, right. We, you see smiling faces. You go to the store, and uh, the grocery clerk this morning was nicer than anybody I've ever talked to in the last month. You know, I mean, she's just that. It, it's just a different atmosphere, and, and I feel that way with believers. You go to church. Um, you're always going to have the church curmudgeon, you know, but, mm-hmm. you're, but you're always also going to have the grandma, Edna's, and the, you know, the, and the, the deacons that you love, and, and you're going to see kids that are enjoying things. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to being a part of a church family and being able to put my gift to work where they need it rather than trying to do 
everything because oh, every, yeah. everything needs to be done. Because you can't, you know, you can do all things partially, but you can't. But you can't focus your attention on what you're gifted in. Well, and you you went into pastoring because it was your calling, right? But sometimes it's nice to go to church and not worry about where are my keys for the church, and just know that the door is going to be open and you don't have to worry about who locks it because it's not going to be you. And everything will be just fine. Well, and that was so, that was so, that was, I know we're talking about the future, but that was so weird about when we got this job. It was like the very next Sunday was my last Sunday preaching. Yeah. And it was weird because I was getting ready to start a sermon series. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Talk about now? a cliffhanger. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so I'm looking forward to, I'll get opportunities out here to preach at my leisure and, and not have to worry about if I don't feel like preaching. Uh, I still have, you know, when you have a job as a pastor, you preach on Sundays when things aren't going well for you. Mm-hmm. And you don't want your congregants to feel like, well, he's he really shot the place down. I mean, you know, it, you want to leave them on an up note. And I think we always did, because I think when I was really sick, it wasn't that way. But, uh, but we'll go back and check the tape. We'll, yeah, we'll check the tape. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to that. A new family. We have uh, family that live half an hour from here, so we're going to get to see them on occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have friends that live in Dallas, which is a couple hours away, and uh, we'll get to see them on occasion. And and really, um, we're going to get six kids in this house right away that we're going to build a relationship with, and we're going to be their parents. Yeah, and without going too far into it, uh, what you guys are doing is your your house parents at a boys' ranch out yes. in. Uh, the Plains of Texas, mm-hmm. and just loving these uh, junior high, high school age boys that, that need a help, uh, helping hand. So, yeah, awesome. Well, you know, for me, the, you were talking about anticipation, Faith, and I love the feeling of the anticipation. You know, right now it is the week before Premier League, as I'm recording, the week before Premier League season starts, and so you get like, you know, these players that are coming in and it's like, well, all right, we, we signed this guy. He's going to come play on our team, but we haven't played the games yet. So we know what this guy's potential might be. And we've seen him play for other people. And how's it going to look with our team? Is it going to blend? And that anticipation is just so exciting. And there's so much excitement around that. Um, how do you handle the, I don't want to say letdown after the excitement, but, but when it becomes normal. How do you keep that joy going, or do you keep that joy going after the anticipation gone, and now you have your answer? Like, well, okay, the guy wound up being a, a good player, but he didn't work for us. I don't, I don't think you, I don't think it's something you recognize. Like, you're super excited, and life just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Um, do you I, find new excitement somewhere, or? Yeah, of course. There's always, I think. I mean, unless you're. I don't, maybe I'm more excitable than other people. I don't know. Like, I, I've heard it one way. <laughs> <laughs> I just, but yes. I feel like there's always things that are exciting, and I. Feel so, like, are you personally, you faith, not the the big you, but are you looking? The big me? There's a bigger me. For, yeah. Are you looking for excitement? So I've got this. I've had this thing. The anticipation. I was looking. I'm moving to Texas right now. I'm here. Now I've got the next exciting thing. Or do you just go through life and then things will excite you? Or are you, are you searching for the excitement or are you accepting the excitement that comes? I think it's a little of both. I think, like, when we're talking about the boys that we're going to get, I already have ideas in my head of, 
all the fun things I want to do with, you know, we we were lucky enough Call to... Call them all techs. All techs. <laughs> we were lucky enough to have, like, not just our own. We had four kids, but we also had exchange students. Mm-hmm. And um, You exchanged your kids? We exchanged them for other ones. I'm we sorry. Did I've got a receipt. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then, so I feel like we did fun things with the kids. We had you know, like I feel like families just do things together bonding yeah. experiences and so yeah. I'm looking forward to that but I also know just because life happens there are moments that you weren't expecting that happen that are just like this is exciting this like we're gonna go to a concert tonight it's a free concert we just found out about it I didn't know about it a Faith week said ago. concert I said yes she said free I said oh yes <laughs> So yeah, like she said, food trucks didn't even. And we were and like, Dan said yes. yes. Yeah, and, and I didn't even care who it was. You know, I was like, yeah, let's go. Uh, Dan, are you moving from uh, one excitement to the next excitement, or how are you looking when when you go into new situations? Once the excitement is there and you've had it, what's next? Here's the thing: I plan excitement. So like, I don't go in there and say, oh, this is going to be exciting. I go in there and say, how. How do I make this exciting? Okay. What can I do to make this better? Um, you know, I'm, so you're the excitement generator. You're looking to generate excitement out of whatever it is, find the good in it. Whatever it is, find it. Because that's what I've been doing. You know, trying to figure out where the good is and all the, all the stuff we went through. Right. And it's left me a little wounded, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, years ago, you remember, that was me. I was, you know, we were the exciting people in the room. You know, it was loud and... And uh, now, you know, I'm getting older, I'm 57 now, and, and uh, you have the body of an 87-year-old inside. I have um, the body of an Adonis, but Adonis <laughs> lived back several thousand years ago. Um, you know, and so, I don't know, I just, I'm looking forward to, to the excitement I, I, uh, and how, how I can make it even better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, when you live with kids, like you live with our kids, uh, there's only so far you can go with your kids uh, before they start making their own decisions. Right. And um, so uh, you think they're going to go one way and they go another, and you think, okay, this is not the decision I would have made for them. Um, so we're going to make the best of it, you know. Um, this is a very structured environment, and so there are uh, – we want to make the structure fun. We don't want to make yeah. it punishment right you know that's not what they're here for they probably get enough of that where they're coming from and so that's why they're here so we just need to figure out how to make that exciting so it's it's going to be interesting to see you know they all kinds of things here for the kids to do we just need to figure out what it is when it's not 110 degrees outside yeah uh yeah I, and i find for myself i i do tend to migrate from excitement to excitement and i'm, I'm mining the opportunities for excitement and i love doing that it, it gives me something to anticipate what I do find though is a lot of times if I've got a long runway before the excitement happens sometimes I build it up so much and there's a drop off for me that I have a long time to recover from like the day after my 50th birthday mm-hmm. I had been building up my 50th birthday for about 10 years after my 40th birthday, I was like, well, I got 50 coming up and that's really going to go nuts. And I planned a lot of things and did some cool stuff. And I had a ball. And as we were driving home on my 50th birthday from the Kings game and I'm driving into the desert and I'm thinking, okay, when I get home, even though it's after midnight and it's not my birthday, it still kind of feels like my birthday, but I know I'm going to go to sleep and then tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm just going to be 
Paul. I'm not gonna be the birthday boy. I'm not gonna have celebrities clapping at me and giving me thumbs up for screaming on a Zamboni. I'm not gonna have that. It's just gonna be going in, hey, do you want fries with that? And so there's a letdown for me emotionally and I have to now try to, I really experienced that hard on my 50th. So now I try to anticipate what it is and uh, I try to regulate, put a governor on the excitement because I used to be like, let's just turn it up to 11. Mm-hmm. Pause for, you know, spinal tap quotes and, 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 and just go for it. And, and I found that I, I, sometimes it's better for me to turn it up to nine. And, and, and see what that is. Do you ever find that when you come down, you're like, there's like a, like a two week period where it's just like, hum, ho hum, I'm doing my work, I go to work every day. I'm sorry, what? Thing. Yeah, boy, you know, you do, your, you do your thing every day. Whatever it is. You, what you is know, that W word? I'm not for me. Is that a word of the week so now? Check, <laughs> check into the mermaid office, you know. Uh, but um, I find, I, what I found was I was getting into this, this rut of just going to work and coming home and doing the last few weeks has been going to work, coming home, packing, going through things. And then now we got here, we're unpacking, we're setting up an office. Uh, last night I was getting, trying to get the computer working and my wife says, I need you to come. And so I said, oh, okay. So I came out, we sat outside and um, the purpose of sitting outside is to watch the moon rise. I've never watched the moon rise before. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, and you sat outside and it was dark. And, and we'll put some pictures on the Instagram yeah. for you folks. And it, it was dark and I was like uncomfortable. I knew there were bugs. And I'm sitting out there thinking, this is crap. You know what I mean? I, what am I sitting out here looking So at? it was not Scottish. It was not, it was, it was not Scottish. Uh, so we uh, sat outside and I could see the shadow of a tree and the light from the street. And then if you just sat there long enough and peacefully look up, we saw more stars last night than we've seen in 20 years. Oh my goodness, folks. It was gorgeous. It was Absolutely. And, uh, and the moon. Stunning. It was fabulous. Yeah. And, you know, so really you ought to take time. Stop doing so much and just be, you know. Um, and, and it's good. Like, it's good to slow down. And I mean, sometimes the excitement is fun. And sometimes you just need to slow down and look at the stars. Now, listener Bev has, has the same problem I do. We don't like to slow down until we get, like, we set a project and say, we want to do this. And then you do it, do it, and do it. And then when you go to bed, if you haven't gotten it done, it keeps you up. And so, yes. you, and so that's where you can't just turn that off. I if you can. have a personality. Now, now, I do. Yeah, Faith, I turn it off Faith real good. and I, we're just like, <laughs> D-U-N. <laughs> Bring on the stars. Yeah. yeah. I'm a, I, I just hate to see things partially done. And, it, it, and that's part of my personality flaw that I have is, is that I can't just relax in the moment sometimes. Like yeah. I, there's so much going on and I'm watching everything because it, for the last, you know, I don't know how many years I've been watching everything and having to do. Yeah. And that's one of my fears as the founder and director of Messed Up Ministries is I am the guy who will be like, hey guys, at 1056, the moon is rising. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you want to go outside and sit on the patio and just stare at the sky until it comes up? And those things are fun. I will find the experience and I will, I'll, 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 I love to go have an experience, but I need to have Bev Mm -hmm. to help me do things because I, I will drop the ball because I'm so busy looking for the next moon rise that I don't think about the mundane things like, well, somebody's got to go to work and make the money. Well, you and Bev switch places and she's picking up your balls right now at the house. 
Yeah. The ones you dropped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. I saw the pictures. It looks good. She is picking up the house great. She That's is. Great. Yes. I love that Faith went completely junior high boy. This is good. She did. Absolutely. Man, Faith, that, that has nothing to do with you anything. Said you dropped the ball. I said your wife picks him up. <laughs> my oh, wife my can't life. handle she can't the have maturity a, of the I know. statement. Faith, will you grow up? I'm in the room with the two of you. When, when, when was the last time I had to tell someone to grow up? That's, this is, uh, man, come to Texas and record a show and anything can happen. Uh, well, one thing that has to happen on the show is we do have to punch a, a, a pause button and uh, we are long. Uh, so we're going to leave it at this. We are going to have the Paxons back to talk about the ranch specifically. Um, but I just want to give you those, uh, those phone numbers and texts again. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, it's uh, 760-608-1942. That's my phone. You can call me. You can text me. I'll answer. Is that the year you're born? It's not the year I was born. 1942? But, uh, it is a year. And uh, you can also email me if you like the emails. It's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. I need songs of the week like this provider song that we had. You could be a provider for me by doing songs. Just because I've got words into October doesn't mean I don't need more words. So... Let's get involved, folks. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for taking the time to, to spend with us. Thank you, Paxton's, for joining us again. Thanks for having us. And we will see you next time we, we mess, it up. mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.